Hey Lakeview, so this is a little different. I'm doing the sermon on video this week because I got COVID um, and I'm on quarantine. I started getting sick toward the middle of the week. Um, went and got a COVID test, it came back positive. And so I'm doing okay, um, although this is the sickest I've ever been. I would love to be with you in person today. Uh, that's just not an option. So we're doing it on video. And nobody likes sermons on video, not me either. <laughs> So let's just skip the formalities and jump right into the passage. If you'll pick up your Bible and turn to Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is a messianic psalm. As we start the new year, we're looking at a few messianic psalms. Now, messianic psalms are just psalms about the Messiah or psalms of Jesus. Uh, there are about 15 messianic psalms. We're going to look at three of them here as we start the new year. Um, but this morning is Psalm 8, and as we look at Psalm 8, I want to talk about three things. I want to look at the dignity of humankind, the humility of Christ, and the wonder of faith. So let's jump in. Psalm 8, let's read it. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 8 does double duty. It has a meaning in its original context, and it has an ultimate fulfillment in Christ. And we're going to look at each one of those. First of all, in the original context, we're going to talk about the dignity of humankind. Uh, Psalm 8 brings together two seemingly opposite ideas. First is the idea that we are far less significant than we could ever comprehend. Look at verses 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Basically, what David is telling us to do is go outside on a clear night and look at the stars. Look at the moon. Think for a few minutes about the vastness of the universe that God created. And all of that cosmos, we are only one tiny blip, hardly even worth mentioning. We are far less significant than we could ever comprehend. Why, why would we think that we matter? Why would we think that we're important? David's asking that question with this psalm. That's one of the truths that Psalm 8 brings out the, the universe is huge, God's creation is massive, and we are only one tiny little blip on the radar. We're far less significant than we could ever comprehend. But at the same time, we are far more valuable than we could ever imagine. Yes, we're insignificant. No, we're not uh, huge. No, we're not important. But we are loved and we are valued. We are far more valuable than we could ever imagine these two opposite truths. Psalm 8 brings them together. See verses 5 through 8. Yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. 
You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. See, we are uh, what gives us our dignity as human beings, uh, in part, is our place in God's created order. It's who we were made to be. We were made just a little bit lower than the angels. We were given dominion over everything else in creation. We were made in God's image to have dominion to rule over and care for the rest of God's creation on his behalf as his representatives. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. It means to be just a little bit lower than the heavenly beings and to have dominion over the rest of the earth, over the rest of the created order. Uh, That's who we are. Far less significant than we could ever comprehend, but far more valuable than we could ever imagine. Our dignity comes from our place in the created order. The fact that we're made in God's image, just a little bit lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor, and given dominion. This is why, uh, this is the basis of our psychological sense of self-worth. This is the only rational uh, reason for social justice. Social justice makes no sense if there is no God, because if there is no God, there is no human dignity. Uh, This is the reason why Christians believe that abortion is wrong. January is Sanctity of Human Life Month. Why is human life sacred? Why should human life be protected? Because we're made in the image of God and we are uh, his representatives on earth. That makes us special. That makes us different than the rest of creation. We are image bearers of God and a baby in the womb is not just a mass of tissue that can be extracted when we don't want it. A baby in the womb is a human being made in the image of God of infinite value. Yes, we're less significant than we could ever imagine. We shouldn't get too full of ourselves. But at the same time, we're far more loved and valued than we could ever comprehend. Psalm 8 brings these two truths together and teaches us about the dignity of humankind. Our dignity comes from our place in God's created order. Now, Psalm 8 is also a messianic psalm. So I want to talk about the dignity of humankind, but I also want to talk about its fulfillment in Christ. I want to talk about the humility of Christ. Psalm 8 is quoted three times in the New Testament, and all three times it's applied to Christ. And the same words that speak of our dignity tell of Christ's humility. For us to be made just a little bit below the heavenly beings is a place of honor. It's elevating our status. But for God to humble himself to be just a little bit lower than the heavenly beings is a mark of his great humility and his willingness to sacrifice because of his love for us. Let's look at a couple places where Psalm 8 is quoted in the New Testament. One of those is in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 6 it says, It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made for him for a little while lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. So he quotes Psalm 8 there. He says, Now putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. 
At present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. See, Jesus gave great humility, showed great humility in becoming a human being. And in so doing, he raised the status of human being. The greatest evidence that humans have dignity is the fact that God became one. God became one of us. Why did he do that? So that by God's grace, he might taste death for everyone. Now, why would God want to taste death for everyone? Just a few verses later in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since therefore the children, that's us, share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that is, Jesus became flesh and blood, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Jesus came to break the devil's power, destroy the devil's work, and set the captives free. As human beings, we are held captive by death and sin and the devil. And Jesus became one of us so that he could break the devil's power, destroy the devil's work, and set us free from the power of death. Psalm 8 is also quoted in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 24 says, Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's why Jesus humbled himself. That's why he became just a little bit lower than the angels. That's why he became humankind, so that he could destroy death by dying on the cross and raising again on the third day. Jesus came to set us free from captivity to death. Look at the world around us. We live in a world that is held captive by a culture of death. In the United States, 10 states have legal physician-assisted suicide. And in some countries in Europe, even minors can request assisted suicide. I did a little bit of research uh, looking at numbers from the World Health Organization. In 2021, 42% of all deaths worldwide were from abortion. Now, the World Health Organization doesn't consider abortion death. And if that doesn't tell us something, I don't know what will. In 2021, there were 42.6 million babies killed in the womb through abortion. That accounts for 42% of all human death in 2021. That's more than COVID, cancer, and heart disease combined. We live in a world that is held captive by a culture of death. And Jesus came to break the power of death and set us free. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And then all things will be put in subjection under his feet. That's why he came. That's why he humbled himself. That is the evidence that we are somebody worth dying for. You are somebody worth dying for. We are far less significant than we could ever comprehend, 
but we are far more valued than we could ever imagine because our God became one of us so that he could die and rise again and set us free from the power of death. Now, we've talked about the dignity of humankind. We've talked about the humility of Christ. I want to close by talking about um, the wonder of faith. Psalm 8 is quoted in one more place in the New Testament, and it's in Matthew chapter 21. Now, in the context, Jesus has just ridden into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. The crowds all gathered round. They were waving their palm branches. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, and then in verse 14, it tells us this, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read, Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? Jesus quoted Psalm 8 too. And the thing that stands out to me in that story is that the chief priests and scribes, the religious leaders, saw all the wonderful things that Jesus was doing. They saw him healing the blind and the lame. They heard the kids crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. And rather than being awestruck by this Messiah who could heal the sick, they were indignant. They were offended. They were skeptical. See, we can respond to this God who became one of us to rescue us from death in one of two ways. We can either be like the religious leaders and respond with skepticism, or we can be like the children and respond with wonder. Childlike wonder leads to childlike faith and praise. And I wonder when the last time was that we really stopped taking life so seriously and started looking around with joy and wonder and awe at the wonderful things that God is doing in our lives and through us and in the world around us. No, it's not a perfect place yet. Yes, we long for Jesus to return. But in the meantime, we should be filled with childlike wonder as we celebrate and rejoice at the awesome God who humbled himself to rescue us from death and give us eternal life.